from round the corner to your street and neighbourhood. This is Pablo for breakfast. We're getting some TV movie recommendations for the weekend. King of the Nerds, Adam Ross, back with us. Adam, good morning. Good to be here, Pablo. Now, let's start with one that just dropped on the streamers. Apparently, Neve Campbell has watched it. It is Scream 6 now on binge without Neve Campbell. No, well, look, I mean, Scream franchise has got a shot in the arm. Basically, look, I'm of the mind, unless it's a Rambo sequel, you know, I just think that when you get past point three, they're going to be really, really bad. And most people think those other Rambo movies are really bad. But we are living in a in an age of the, you know, the extended sequel kind of universe, you know. Like, I mean, something like Bond can get away with a million entries, but we all kind of see this thing of diminishing returns. But Scream 5 was good, and I actually really, really enjoyed it. And it, so it had a really clever take kind of on toxic fandom, and it became quite meta, you know. I mean, the killers in the Scream franchise, these kids from Woodsboro, have always kind of been influenced by, you know, different things. And this one kind of saying, you know, like that this new media landscape and fighting online and being possessive about the things that you care is the reasoning was really kind of good. And I thought that Scream 6 might kind of continue that on, but that is more, this is more just kind of like a straight up slasher. Um, Mm -hmm. As you just said, like, you know, what is kind of interesting about what's happening with the Scream franchise, which is in the news today, because the two lead girl, well, one lead girl got fired and then the other lead girl is busy with scheduling conflicts. So read into that as you will. But um, this is now a rudderless franchise without its two leads. So as of this morning, but um, it's got, you know, it's got messy behind the scenes. Like Nev Campbell to me is Scram, you know, mm. uh, Sydney through Prescott, you know, like, but how can you get on without her? But, you know, they managed to get other legacy characters into, into this continue the, what had happened kind of with Scram five. And, some of it gels. I mean, like, if you're willing just to see, you know, Ghostface run around and, and slash people, it's got a clever beginning and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, five is the better entry. But this did just drop on binge. And if it is, you're seeing scream all over the news, you'll be like, maybe I'll check out this last one. It's got some bright spots, but it's, you know, a bit muddled. Now, there's a great documentary out, David Holmes, The Boy Who Lived. I mean, this looks like, I've watched the trailer. It looks incredible. Look, uh, get out the tissue box. <laughs> mm. Um, I mean, look, you and I both love, you know, a good doco, and we've been going down this road of all this kind of true crime, doom and gloom, um, and so to have something as life-affirming as David Holmes' boy lived is a bit, is a pretty good programming kind of antidote. Um, effectively, you know, this kid was plucked from obscurity the same way that Daniel Radcliffe was, you know, to basically embody, one was embodying the acting of Harry Potter and the other was, uh, you know, embodying the stunts and helping Daniel, and tragedy strikes and david loses you know the use of his limbs and this is kind of a pretty i mean it's it's heartbreaking but an incredible kind of meditation on problems that you can't fix you know when you're presented with tragedy and you can't go back in time what you know how do you carry on and how do what is an approximation of a life moving forward like how do you make the best of a bad situation you know david is an incredibly inspiring um, you know, character. I mean, because we all now and then we like to speculate and go, "What would I do?" <laughs> I mm. don't. I don't. I'd probably become even more of a keyboard warrior. And be worse. <laughs> I don't know. But you know, but to see someone go, "This is, you know, this is the hand that I have been dealt, and this is how I will move forward." And then also seeing that, you know, how a community can rally together to support someone, and how people, you know, when the chips are down, people are really on your side. It is a really gorgeous movie. Yeah, and just dropped on binge. So, yeah, about. Two boxes of Kleenex for this one. <laughs> uh, there's another uh, doco out as well on Netflix. I believe this book may have been banned at some point, but some people are saying it's the film. This film is needed more 
now than ever, uh, talking about racism in American culture. Uh, it's a deep dive, I'm, I'm sure. Was it worth the watch? Uh, yeah, look, I think the stand from the beginning is it's a pretty fascinating kind of document. Uh, I mean, what I, th- I think that, look, if you really want to be informed about the world, um, movies aren't maybe the greatest resource, you know, maybe head to the library. But I do <laughs> think that if you want to get, you know, dip your toes into a topic and you want to start becoming self-aware, you know, like um, it's not a terrible thing to watch these things on Netflix that basically condense really complex issues into these, you know, really informative and dare I say it, you know, uh, entertaining uh, documents. I mean, Stand From the Beginning is it's an interesting piece because it's visually really splendid and it's like, you know, it's got great kind of animations and infographics and things like that. And what it basically chronicles is the history of racism in the United States, but it's also doing that through the vein of how, you know, African-Americans have been represented in popular culture. And there's a lot of kind of there are ways that are overt and subversive and it, it's kind of quite shocking, you know, just how much American popular culture was or television specifically reporting and stuff like that. You know, what they were allowed to get a, away with for such a, you know, a long period of time and how that kind of curdles the public perception and, you know, stacks the deck against people. Um, and, you know, I mean, all of the contributors here, all of the talking heads are incredibly like informed and compelling, um, you know, and uh, everyone has got kind of like you know lived experience and it's yeah it's really it's really engaging and i mean look how can you you know you can't solve something like systemic oppression in the united states in an hour and a half but this thing has a crack at least to get you thinking about it and to maybe just changing your perception of what has been sold to you in the media now if you don't want a doco maybe you want a drama coming of age movie palm trees and power lines just dropped on binge and amazon prime I don't have any light entertainment for you <laughs> whatsoever. Um, this is the kind of film that I think that streaming is fantastic for because, you know, Palm Trees and Power Lines is the kind of film that you'd have to go off to an art house cinema and catch at 10 in the morning and there'd be one screening per day and you'd get this great rewarding experience. But you, know, you don't have to log, you know, all the way across the other side of town to check something out like this. And it is, uh, it's, a, it's a coming-of-age story, but... It's much more kind of complex than that. Um, you know, we've got a young girl here, Leah, who is falling out with her friends and feels a bit disenfranchised, not sure where she's headed, a bit aimless, and then strikes up a relationship with a much older man, Tom, here. And through the viewpoint of us as, you know, an objective audience, we're like, this is sus. Like, do not do this. You can understand her motivations by wanting to be, you know, desired and stimulated, but you also know that there's another shoe that's about to drop like what is this guy's deal why is he living in a hotel why is you know a 30 year old trying to date a high schooler so um but as a kind of you know it's not very melodramatic it's presented in a very realistic style that you can see the way that you know that people can groom people and that people that are in the margins and in the cracks can fall into you know certain very very bad situations mm-hmm. so it's definitely it's a compelling drama uh definitely probably a cautionary tale if you do have kids and you watch this you'll probably never let them go out of your sight ever again but um but yeah but a good compelling powerful film one of probably the years better ones my daughter at the moment is seven currently uh talking about when she's going to get a mobile phone i said you can have one when you're 30 <laughs> that's my Look, response uh, as someone on the wrong side of 30 that wishes he, I didn't have a mobile phone sometimes, I don't advise it. <laughs> uh, some good recommendations, some heavy recommendations for the weekend. Uh, we love it, and we'll catch you in a week's time.
I'll have four up, uh, you know, upbeat films next week. All <laughs> <laughs> Disney, all Disney. Yeah, yeah, the best of Pixar. Let's do that. <laughs> the feel good start to your day. This is Pablo for breakfast. It's